And matter of fact, now I'm thinking about it, it might have been the same. They might have went into baseball after they lost the football team. Like, I don't, well, we need a new rocket, see? <laughs> we lost the football team in the gambling market. We need someone to get put our bootleggers. Yes. Our guys are taking hits. They got ticket taking hits. Now we got to make hits on, on the other field. You know, the one with the pitches. I'm ill. I'm ill. I'm ill. I'm ill. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It is another great day to discuss other people's excellence. I am the unforbettable one himself, Mr. Burke Carroll. Charles is always daydreaming and we're yeah. two guys on BS and at work. And we're a little bit different this week. As you guys know, it is Turkey Day this week, uh, Thanksgiving. If you celebrate that, a time to be with your family and eat food and watch football because fuck the Europeans that came over here and killed all the Native Americans. I'm not I'm not going to be celebrating all that, but I do like football and I do like food. So that's and I have the day off to do it. So guess what? I'm going to celebrate that. So here we go. Turkey Day. That's all we're going to talk about. Forget last week. Forget the week before. We're talking about Turkey Day. I don't even know who's playing tomorrow. I don't care. It's football all day. Oh, the Lions the, and the Cowboys. Yeah, but I know the Lions and the Cowboys are going to play, and that's a whole other thing that I'll get into in a little bit. But go ahead and tell them the history of Turkey Day, and we'll get into some fun stuff after that. Oh, damn. Well, <laughs> well happy Thanksgiving to everybody. You listen to this, or it's Black Friday, and you're in your car pissed off in traffic, and how is everyone you know, trampling each other for these deals that aren't really deals? All of us have good memories of Thanksgiving turkey days, right? If you're a football fan, there's most people that are around our age. If you're a Lions fan, you're probably a Lions fan because you watch Barry Sanders uh, balling out on Thanksgiving or Megatron, you know, making those historic plays on Thanksgiving. And that's how you became a Lion fan if you're not in Michigan because, you know, misery. But I like they always meant something to me because it was always a game I watched with my family and my family was mostly giants and Cowboys fans. So a lot of time, the lions Turkey day game was just a game we could enjoy, you know, we'll get into all the moments we actually remember, but I really enjoy the history. It's just something random, something so American about the American football getting played on his American holiday. And since 2006, there's been three games, but this actually dates back to about the 1890s, back to when college football was the main version of American football. And it wasn't until 1934 that the kind of incarnation that we kind of know about started popping up, like, you know, the, the Lions just being on every year with the exception of World War II, because they took a uh, an exemption from 1939 to 1944, or they would have been playing every year since 1934. Now, when I was doing some research in this, there was a Franksgiving controversy. And I was like, what the hell is Franksgiving? Apparently, Franklin Delano Roosevelt pushed up Thanksgiving back in 1939 and 1940 just to make it more economically viable. And the only two teams that play the game that those years were the Pittsburgh Steelers and Philadelphia Eagles, both because both teams were in the same state, Pennsylvania. And at the time, then U.S. Pre- uh, President Franklin Roosevelt wanted to move the holiday for economic reasons, and many states were resistant to move. Half the states recognized the move, and the other half did not. See, we were always divided. And, co- and the complicated schedule of the Thanksgiving games, incidentally, the two teams were also exploring the possibility of a merger at the time. 
Imagine that 80 years ago, if both PA teams merged, how would you like that, bro? The Pittsburgh Eagles. <laughs> but after World War II, a little bit more is when we start getting into all the stats they show you, you know, back in the day when Madden was BSing and screaming in, in, about the turduckens that they were uh, giving. It wasn't until 1966 that the Dallas Cowboys joined. Um, the highest, oh, oh man, I lost it. One of the highest scoring games in Turkey Day history was between the Lions and the Packers. And oh my God, where is it? Well, you said 1986 when the Cowboys joined? 1966. Oh, 66. I'm about to say that's when the Cowboys started becoming a regular fixture in, in the Thanksgiving tradition. Like I was born in 89, so I, the Cowboys are as much Thanksgiving as the Lions to me. Um, in 1966, the Dallas Cowboys were founded six years earlier, and they adopted the practice of the Thanksgiving games. It is widely rumored that the Cowboys sought a guarantee that they would regularly host Thanksgiving games as a condition of their very first one, since the games on days other than Sunday were uncommon at the time, and thus high attendance was not a certainty, which sounds insane all these years later. Mm-hmm. This is partly due, this is partly true, I'm sorry. Dallas had, in fact, decided on their own to host games on Thanksgiving because there was nothing else to do or watch on that day. In 1975 and 1977, at the behest of then-Commissioner Pete Rozelle, the St. Louis Cardinals replaced Dallas as a host team. Dallas then hosted St. Louis in a near-as-popular nationwide – I'm sorry – the Dallas then hosted St. Louis in 1976, the next year. My bad, I skipped the line. Although the Cardinals at the time, known as the Cardiac Cards, my dad loves that era of Cardinals football, due to their propensity for winning very close games, uh, were a modest success-like story at the time. And they were nowhere near as popular as the Cowboys, who were the regular Super Bowl contenders during the same time. This combined with St. Louis consistently weak attendance and a series of ugly Cardinals losses in those three-game stretches and an opposition from the Kirkwood Webster Groves Turkey Day game, a local high school football contest. Could you imagine a world where high school football was even considered affecting the impact of an NFL game? Led to the Dallas uh, resuming the regular hosting duties in 1978. It was then after Roselle asked Dallas to resume hosting Thanksgiving games that the Cowboys requested and received a, an agreement guaranteeing Cowboys a spot on Thanksgiving Day forever. So just to get, just to clarify, the things, the the NFL did not want to give this dynastic franchise at the time, the Thanksgiving day game. And they were going with the, you know, the hot team at the time, the cardiac cards, because they're exciting. They wanted to drive up attendance. It didn't work. And then boom, they get the Turkey day game, which again, the fact that in this little blurb, high school football is even mentioned is just Shows you how popular high school football was back in the 70s and still is in the area today. But that would never even be a consideration. What, what I still don't understand is, and you just explained, uh, what I still don't understand is why the NFL, even to this day, had, didn't decide, like, isn't it weird that we have two NFC teams that's traditionally in the game, but no AFC teams? Like, that's weird to me. I, you would have thought that they would have balanced that out either took took the game away from one of those teams or added two AFC teams to be part of the tradition. Well, I, I think they don't want to take away any tradition because at this point, especially Detroit and Dallas are both a tradition on Turkey Day. Right, so my, my thing is they, there's like four or five games on, on Thanksgiving anyway. 
I would do the Chiefs one because that makes sense because they're they literally represent the AFC merger. And then I don't I don't care who the other one. The Steelers probably make sense, but it doesn't matter what the AFC team you want to do. But the point of the matter is, I that's what I would have done. I would I would have added two AFC teams to that lineup where they play on Thanksgiving. That's what I would have done. So, real quick, I'll, I'll go up to uh, the early '90s or the nineties in general, because I mean, you'll remember everything in the 21st century, but in 1920, so over a hundred years ago on Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. an urban legend states that the Chicago Tigers and the Decatur Stollies, I think I'm pronouncing that right. Challenge each other to a Thanksgiving duel in Chicago in the league's inaugural season with the loser being relegated out of the league at the end of the season, reportedly explaining why the Tigers were the only NFL team to fold after the 1920 season. No other team would fold until 1921. The claims of it being a duel are unsubstantiated. Nevertheless, the Tigers, after a 27 to nothing win over the non-league Thorn Tornadoes the next week, never played football again. (laughs) The Stallies would move to Chicago during the next season, later renaming themselves the Bears. In 1921, a matchup of the two of the league's best teams, the Stallies, the Stallies, I don't know, man, lose uh, to the Buffalo All-Americans, and they demand a rematch. The Buffalo agreeing, uh, the Buffalo agreeing to a December match only on terms of it being considered an off-the-record exhibition game. What in the bullshit? That later with that that later match, which Chicago won, ended up counting despite the All-Americans' insistence, controversially handing Chicago the championship. Wow, 1920s football is fucking nuts. In 1929, Ernie, could you imagine imagine if Stalley's lost? That we might not even have the Bears. (laughs) It's it's crazy to hear all like the butterfly effects of these assholes in the middle of the country just doing shit on a whim. Like the shit talk you had to do to go. If you lose, you're not a team no more. That is the epitome where, like where's where's the rest of the league like no no yeah the no. rest of the league's like do it do it <laughs> like, <laughs> like, well, like what <laughs> ridiculous and okay 1929 ernie never scores 40 points an nfl record that still stands and the entirety of the chicago cardinals scoring that day including extra points in a route over their crosstown rivals the bears who only scored six points Jeez. Right. And what a, that's a crazy record. The one guy scored all 40 points, including the extra extra points. Okay. Skip a couple of decades. Cause again, world war two happens. And I guess the le- later part of the forties is kind of boring. In 1952, the Dallas Texans, the soon to be Kansas city chiefs, for those who don't know, are forced to move their lone remaining home game to the rubber bowl in Akron, Ohio, as the undercard to a high school football contest, their opponent for that game, the Chicago bears, <laughs> underestimated the then winless Texans and sent their second string to the game. The Texans scored a 27-23 upset over the Bears for their only for the only win of their existence. What? This is like some stuff I like weird stupid sports comedies. Like this is oh yeah, we're going to play our second stringers and we're not going to play our best guys and we lost. Yeah. They lost because they got cocky. That's literally, you learn that lesson as a child. But anyway, 10 years later in 1962, the Lions handed the 10-0 and Green Bay Packers their lone defeat of the season. The game was dubbed the Thanksgiving Day Massacre due to the dominant performance by the Lions defense, who sacked Bart Starr 11 times. 
But man, I think, and I remember my dad bringing that game up too because I've heard about the Thanksgiving Day Massacre. In 64, 65, the 1964 and 65 AFL contests featured the Buffalo Bills and San Diego Chargers. The two teams would eventually meet in those years American Football League Championship game. So there you go, dude. For the first hint of which AFC team, besides maybe the Chiefs, like you said, that maybe get a nod, the Bills or the Chargers. I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. In, in 1974, oh, this is what I was uh, one of the uh, points I was looking for before. In 1974, unknown Cowboys backup Clint Longley took over for an injured Roger Starback with the team down 16 to three and rallied to an improbable victory over Washington on two deep passes. There are members of my family who remember that game. I've heard about it just in Thanksgiving Day conversations watching the Lions play. And In 1976, the Bills offense put forth one of the best and worst performances in Thanksgiving history. O.J. Simpson set an NFL record for most rushing yards in a single game with 273. However, Bills backup quarterback Gary Marangi, Marangi, don't know how to say it, completed only four of 21 pass attempts for 29 yards and a rating of 19.7. The Lions defeated the Bills 27 to 14. Can you imagine having one on your fantasy team? Like, why? <laughs> That's negative points. That got to be negative fantasy points after that. Well, point. well, if you didn't throw picks, no. If you didn't throw picks, you only got one point mm. or two, depending on uh, how how the yard is set up or if it's a PPR or something. Ugh. Anyway. In 1980, the Lions and the Bears tied 17-17 at the end of regulation. The game went into overtime. The first Thanksgiving day to do so. Overtime was not added to the NFL regular season until 1974, so it's six years later. And the first overtime game at the Silver Dome, the Bears running back Dave Williams returned the fifth quarter opening kickoff 95 yards for a game-winning touchdown, ending the shortest overtime period in NFL history at the time in 13 seconds. Uh, that's, that's like heartbreaking. That's such a Lions loss. It, it, it actually hurts me <laughs> 40 years later. 1986, the Lions and the Packers had the second highest scoring game in Thanksgiving history. The highest scoring game was in 1951. Yeah, this page doesn't even have it. Thank you. That's what I was looking for before. What the fuck? But anyway, it was the best day of receiver Walter Stanley's career. Stanley netted 207 all-purpose yards and three touchdowns, including an 83-yard punt to win the game for Green Bay, 44-40. to Stanley had an otherwise undistinguished career in the NFL. I think the highest scoring game, the Lions scored like 50 and the Packers had like 20, some 27 or 32 or something like that. But it was a Lions win, which is even weirder why it's not on this list because it's the highest scoring game in history, but it's referenced for the second highest scoring game. Anyway, 1989. Hey, I'm alive for this game. Finally known as bounty bowl. Actually, I've never heard about this. The, the Eagles- Saints were playing? No, I'm kidding. Right. The, the Eagles crushed the Cowboys by a score of 27 to nothing. Allegation surfaced that the Eagles had placed a bounty on the Cowboys kicker, thus becoming the first of a string of three bitterly contested games between the two teams, the other two being Bounty Bowl 2 and the Pork Chop Bowl a year later. On the kicker, though? Why? <laughs> I right there, there's something more to that story. Like, like, some of the, like seriously, some of this stuff is just like what? Like this, this is like this sounds like a, a cheesy early two thousands like sports comedy. 
This isn't real life. Yeah, if you lose, you're out of the league. Oh, no, the pork chop bowl thing sounds like the year it came out. It sounds like an 80s comedy. <laughs> like, okay. Gosh. So now we're in the 90s. We only got one, two, three things in the 90s. And then okay, we can, and then we can, and then we can come, come back to modern times. Go ahead. 1993. In one of the most famous Thanksgiving days in recent history, the Cowboys led the Dolphins 14-3 with just seconds remaining in a rare, snow-filled Texas stadium. Miami's Pete Stoyanovich attempted a game-winning 40-yard field goal that was blocked by the Cowboys' Jimmy Jones. Dick Edinburg, who was calling the game for NBC, proclaimed the Cowboys will win. Indeed, since the kick landed beyond the line of scrimmage, the ball had stopped moving. The play would be declared oh, dead, yeah. and Dallas would gain possession. However, the ball landed and began spinning on its tip, leading the Cowboys lineman Leon Lett to try to gain possession. Lett slipped, fell, knocked the ball forward. By rule, the ball was live. The Dolphins fell on it at the two-yard line with a recovery. So Janovich got a second chance to win the game. And hit the yeah. much shorter field goal. Dolphins win 16-14. I do I, I never knew that was a Thanksgiving. I've seen the I've seen that highlight so many times. It's such a memorable yeah. I didn't time. know that was Thanksgiving either. Yeah, I didn't realize it was a Thanksgiving game. That's hilarious. Wow. You know what? I, I should have realized it was Thanksgiving. The Cowboy fans of my family would never want to bring it up on Thanksgiving. Uh, but 1994, Troy Aikman was injured and third-string quarterback and future Cowboys coach Jason Garrett was forced to start the Dallas start for Dallas against the Green Bay Packers. The Cowboys won 42-31 in a shootout against Brett Favre, one of the only times Jason Garrett offense could score that much. To <laughs> do. And in 1998, and this is don't cry. He can't hurt you anymore. I know. Don't worry, guys. There'll be a whole pod about me ranting about the Giants. Don't worry. And this is where this is the last one I'm going to do, and I'm going to pass it back off to Brett because this is exactly where we come in, at least us, us in our consciousness, in our lives. In 1998, in another controversial Thanksgiving Day game, the Steelers and Lions went to overtime tied 16-16. Pittsburgh's bus, Cole Bettis, called the coin game in the air. But head referee Phil Luckett, his name, Phil Luckett awarded Detroit the ball after Bettis tried to call both heads and tails at the same time. The Lions went to kick a field goal in the first possession, winning 19-16. As a result of the fiasco, team captains are now required to call the coin toss before the coin is tossed, and the later rule change now prevents teams from automatically winning a game by scoring a field goal on the first possession. The day also saw a memorable performance by the Minnesota Vikings in a 46-36 win over the Cowboys as Viking rookie Randy Moss, straight cash, homie, caught three touchdowns all over 50 yards. Yeah, I think that was the, I think that was the game. He had like three catches for like almost 200 yards and three touchdowns. <laughs> it was, I was like, it's like, yo, what the fuck? Yeah, CoinGate was crazy. I, I remember CoinGate. I was still, like, a little too young to know about that, but I remember, like, my dad talking about it all the time, and then I remember seeing the highlights growing up. I'm like, dang. And it's crazy because, you know, Jerome Bettis is from Detroit, so that made it even worse. Uh, you know, being in Detroit for the game, that's why they let him out there as the captain, and then that happened. So, yeah, that was crazy. What I, That was one of my three memories that I was going to bring up was CoinGate. Um, 
The only three, the there's only three more moments on, on this list, which also makes me feel old because the last moment is 2012, which is not well, what I was about to say. That's the, it's the butt fumble. Uh, how could we forget the butt fumble happened on Thanksgiving? Oh, oh well, hold on. I, let me let me say the other three because I'll talk about the butt fumble. Ironically, that's not one on the list. Oh, wait, no, it is. It's the last one in 2012. Yeah, 2012. So in 08, the 10-1 Lions routed the 0-11 Lions by a score of 47 to 10. It's one of the most lopsided victories in, in the history of Thanksgiving. And the Lions would go on to finish 0-16, clinching the 33rd winless season in NFL history and the first under the 16-game schedule. Damn, bro, that was already two, that was 2008. Mm-hmm. That's Man. how they got Stafford. It's just crazy how long ago that is, you know? And, and 2011, the tri- a trio game was lauded as one of the better – Thanksgiving Day slates in NFL history. The night game between Baltimore and San Francisco pitted head coaches and brothers, John and Jim Harbaugh, against each other. A preview of the Super Bowl. And then 2012, the most memorable Thanksgiving Day highlight. My favorite because it was bringing together enemies such as Giants and Cowboys fans and even some Eagles fans sprinkled it in my family all together to laugh at the Jets. And I'll never forget watching that game. We were all secondhand cringing for Jets fans, just that you had to sit there just, and watch I will, I will never forget that I was in Ohio, I believe, because 2012, yeah, I was in Ohio at my aunt's house and watching that, and I'm just sitting like, there's no way that happened. There's no way this dude ran into his own guy, fumbled the football, and I believe they returned it for a touchdown, right? It was against the Patriots. Yeah, it was returned for a touchdown. And I was, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, that's such a Jets thing to do. It is one of the most Jet things to do. Oh, and, and you know what like, happened that same day before we keep making fun of the Jets about the butt fumble? The same, and apparently, same Thanksgiving in the earlier game, one of the most infamous NFL rule changes came when former Lions coach Jim Swartz challenged a play in which the Texans running back Justin Forsett's knee clearly touched the ground before sprinting for an 81-yard touchdown. Referee Walt Coleman stated by rule, scoring plays are automatically reviewed and the play was not challengeable by a coach. Because of the improperly attempted challenge, the review was canceled and Coleman assessed a 15-yard kickoff penalty for unsportsmanlike conduct. The NFL then passed a rule that stated if the coach attempted a challenge, a play that was automatically reviewed, the review would continue. It was called the Jim Swartz rule. That is crazy that something so blatantly wrong could just happen because of some bullshit <laughs> with the rules. But I vaguely remember that. I don't remember that at all. You know, I don't remember that because nobody gave a damn about that. Hey, you know, that's a really controversial call, but this guy fumbled the football. He ran to somebody's butt. That's <laughs> <laughs> like that's, and I feel bad for Mark Sanchez because people, I think people forget like Mark Sanchez was highly touted. He was supposed to be the savior for the Jets. People forget. The Sanchise, bro. Yeah, the Sanchise. People forget he took him to two straight AFC Championship games. I believe that was like his rookie and sophomore season. So, like, uh, it was early It was early in his career and then butt fumble. And it was just like, yeah, he never – that's something that we're always going to remember. We're not going to remember any of the other good things he did. And that was the epitome of the downfall of the Rex Ryan, Mark Sanchez era – of freaking uh, Jets football, including Mark Sanchez getting hurt because Rex Ryan didn't want to put in Geno Smith and put Mark Sanchez back in a preseason game. And I believe, and I, yeah, and I believe like broke his his arm. Well, that was the nail in the coffin game. The the fall of the the Rex Ryan era Jets 
happened in 2011 on Christmas Eve, the Giants-Jets game. Because both teams were 7-7, seven and seven. the Giants were going to win the Super Bowl, the Jets never got right after that. Yeah. And that was and that was the years before was the the highlight of the Rex Ryan era. But uh, Thanksgiving wise, I that the butt fumble is one one of my biggest memories. Other than watching Barry Sanders and Megatron, the butt fumble is up there because it shut the door on our local one of our local teams eras. It really highlighted that it was the Patriots and everybody else in the AFC East at the time, and. It is all time just you cringe for the Jets. Like, well, they were down what, like 21 nothing by halftime that year? Yeah, it was the game itself was terrible. It was a blowout, but that was just like, it's just one of those things. Like, how does that even happen? Like, how does that even happen that that like it's just in, in 2019, the NFL named the butt fumble the 99th greatest, greatest play of all time. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. It, I mean, you can't – it's one of those plays, like, I don't know if you could talk about the history of the NFL without mentioning that. It's it's probably the most bizarre play of all time. It's it's insane. Just – yeah, and like I said, I feel bad for Mark Sanchez because that's something that's going to follow him the rest of his life. Like, hey, you're the guy with the butt fumble. Like, people don't even watch football know about that. And it's just like – you know, it's crazy. I, I remember Peyton Manning had a, had he had like a couple of record setting games on Thanksgiving. I think I think he had a game where like uh, uh, most completions in a row or was that Brett Favre? It was one of those two. Uh, Brett Favre had some memorable games on Thanksgiving. Um, Thanksgiving's those Thanksgiving days are always amazing. Uh, Steel, I know I remember Steelers Ravens happened a couple of times on Thanksgiving that were great. Uh, Steelers Ravens, uh, the Christmas game when Antonio Brown stretched the, the immaculate extension. That's always a great holiday game, but we, we can talk about that during Christmas. Um, but yeah, Thanksgiving uh, Thanksgiving games to me are just they're phenomenal. They're one of those, and what I love about them is usually the best games at night. So like while you're eating and you got the food coming, that's usually when the Lions plays. You could go to sleep and miss the Lions game. You got jokes. Lions Bears. <laughs> Lions are usually the early game. Because they want to get it out the way. Right. Lions Bears is at noon, uh, 12.30 tomorrow. Then it's Raiders Cowboys at 4.30. And then it's Bills Saints at 8.20. So you kind of got your wish because the Bills, at least from our little read just now, they're the historical AFC team to kind of grab. So Mm -hmm. they they have more memories on Thanksgiving than a lot of their teams, which I'm sure by primetime tomorrow will be regurgitated and repeated. So if you're listening to this on Friday or after Thanksgiving, you're probably sick of fucking hearing about the Bills and their Thanksgiving Day moments, judging by how NFL programming goes these days. But I I don't know how you feel about those games. I think it's funny. I I just went through the history a couple of times because I I did it just now a little bit earlier when I was just looking this stuff up because I didn't know any of it. Um, that the Bears and the Lions, yeah, it's a, it's a divisional game, and obviously it happens all the time. But them playing on th- – both teams have such a history on Thanksgiving. I really hope they, they say what happened 100 years ago and how there's high school teams involved and how teams were just betting you're not going to be a team. I'm just – yeah, I'm just I'm – just flabbergasted like what if they would have lost? Do we, not, do we not have the Bears? Like what team do we have right now? The Tigers. Yeah, but so you know that's what I'm saying. What what do they become? Do, do they because the Detroit Lions obviously took place of the Tigers. So are the Lions not a thing? Like, no, the 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 
the Lions could still be the Lions, but their rival wouldn't be the Bears. It'd be the Chicago Tigers. That's assuming the, the Detroit Tigers ever moved to Chicago, though. Detroit they, Tigers, they, 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 were, they, were, they weren't the Detroit Tigers. They were the Chicago Tigers, weren't they? Oh, is that what they were? It was the Chicago Tigers versus the whatever Stollies, and then the Stollies are the ones that took. Yeah. So basically, so this basically this was for the rights of Chicago. Yeah. Oh, so this was obviously Mafia Tide. Okay, now it makes sense. Now this this was probably freaking Al Capone versus. <laughs> okay, that that Chicago, that yeah, Chicago, me. the Chicago t- Tigers, and the Decatur oh, the Chicago Tigers, and the what city? Decatur. Decatur Staley's. Okay. And they became yeah, they be- the Staley's became Bears. Oh, okay. So yeah, they would have just been the Chicago Titans. Eh, that doesn't sound as nice. But ironically, they might have had the same color scheme, though. I mean, right? it's that it's that dark navy blue and orange. So you could pull that off for a tiger. The matter of the Detroit Tigers have that. It's that dark navy blue and and, and orange. Yep. That's probably and, it, and, and it's also uh, orange and blue is uh, like that uh, Dutch. Yeah, Dutch Dutch yeah. colors. So a lot of the. Mm-hmm. That is that's just historical colors for the areas the Dutch settlers settled. Yeah, um, and matter now I'm thinking about it, it might have been the they might have went into baseball after they lost the football team. Like, I don't, well, we need a new rocket. See, <laughs> we lost the football team in the gambling market. We need someone to get put our bootleggers. Yes, our guys are taking hits. They got sick of taking hits. Now we got to make hits on on the other field. You know, the one with the pitches. That's insane to me. That's the, that's the most ridiculous. Like, hey. Thanksgiving, it's like the Jack, it's like the Jets and Sharks. Just Thanksgiving. <laughs> but what are the Cana Staley's? You see, this is our territory. You got to go find a new town. And, and I, I will say this: speaking of high school and stuff like that, when I was working at uh, MMG and as a sports reporter, I was pretty cool going to the different Thanksgiving Day games and. It's usually rivalry week for a lot of these teams, and they have their own little bowl. Uh, I know, I know, East Brunswick plays South Brunswick, I believe. If I remember, it's been so long. East Brunswick plays some, one of the other Brunswicks. Uh, I want to say South Brunswick every every Thanksgiving. You know, stuff like that. I, I think a lot of in, in New Jersey, I feel like it's it's one of the rivalry weeks that a lot of teams are going to face each other. Right. I don't remember uh, if my local teams do that at all you know like on this weekend i mean uh because the, a lot of the mayor cups are homecoming weekend not thanksgiving weekend so right mm-hmm. so I, I i do i do think it's cool uh to your point the fact that high school games are like taking precedence over professionals games like, like 70 that. years ago like 70 years ago no no yeah. but that but but that shows just like how crazy it is and now like it's the biggest product in sports. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, like yeah. The fact that well, the besides, fact, you know, European soccer, but like, you know, that's insane. The idea that you could play an NFL game out of state and you're on the undercard of a high school game because you got to use their field or something sounds insane. Because today, even if you went to one of the like those rich high schools where they look like they have a pro stadium for high school kids, those kids would be completely down playing before the football game. Because like I just I don't know as a if I'm a kid I don't really care I, like the experience would be cool, but I feel like it'd be a little deflating if you played after, and then a bunch of people left. But then again, I'm, I know the NFL as this juggernaut today, not the NFL from 50, 60, 70 years ago, where there might have been more viewers of a high school football game 
than a professional football game. So, yes, a professional football that that's crazy. We don't need to watch that. <laughs> like, now, like how much? Five thousand for the year? <laughs> that's so stupid. Get a real job. Like, that, gotta be a real job. Let me pack a district. Go up the Green Bay. Like this, that's that's insane to me. And even even states that are crazy about high school football, like Texas and Ohio, there's no way. I don't care how good your high school football team is. You're not bigger than the Cowboys. That will that will not be a thing. That will not, that will not. It, there are people who are dedicated to high school football. That love high school football. That love their kid to death. If their kid is playing the same time as the Cowboys, sorry, son. I'll catch you next week. I gotta watch the Cowboys. It. That that's insane to me to think that it would be the other way around. Where it's like not only where like the viewing public are like, yeah, get these professional weirdos out of here. We want to watch these high school kids play. <laughs> and and uh, okay, so it's Thanksgiving weekend, and I feel weird. I'm not rocking my Giants jersey right now. You got your Steelers colors on, and I feel like we're missing a moment because we're one day removed. And he was mentioned, so speak of the devil. Steelers come. <laughs> Uh, notice, notice everybody, if you can't see it, he has a Steelers hoodie and a Steelers cup, and he never has a Panthers hoodie or a Panthers cup, making him a Steelers fan. But anyway, Jason Garrett was fired yesterday. And to my shock and surprise, Brett wasn't an asshole and immediately called me to laugh at, at me like he does whenever my team has a bad defeat. He figured out a way to contact me about not actually the game. But just, oh, yeah, we're doing a pod tomorrow, right? Oh, what do you want to talk about? Oh, your team is losing? By how much? Oh, I don't even have it on anymore. That's what Brett does every every week. What? I did that this week? I didn't do that. You did that this week. Notice how you said I did that this week? Exactly. So Jason Garrett got fired. And I was happy. I'm happy. I don't, but it's like. I know you're happy. It's a Band-Aid on a gunshot wound, though. Because Jason Garrett's a bad offensive coordinator right now, at least for the Giants. I don't want to say forever, but yeah. Um, And the offense is so bad. And people are going to be like, well, you know, Saquon's injuries. Daniel Jones sucks. I am not a Daniel Jones defender. He is not the problem. A lot of these plays are terrible. They don't make sense. They're just like I can be the defensive coordinator and stop what we're running. And I am not like that. You know what I mean? Like I just watched football growing up. So this is good, but the bigger problem is the bigger problem is Joe judge getting rid of uh, Jason Garrett should happen before the season. And maybe the giants would have five wins instead of three. We still wouldn't be beating some of these winning in some of these games. We would have been closer. Like we we were only, you know, it's just annoying. Like we have the talent on the offense that we should, if we're going to be losing, we should at least be putting up 30 and losing. You think, wait, you think you have 30 point a game talent? I think if we're all healthy, if everyone's healthy. Yeah, but you haven't been healthy. Exactly. Yeah, so, okay. But that's not on Jason Garrett, then. No, Jason Garrett's on Saquon only getting uh, six touches in a game, uh, running stupid-ass draw plays on on, on second and third and long. I mean, Uh, he's coming off of, like, really bad injuries, though. Yeah, but the, the the six touches aren't even good touches. Not, I'm not saying like, oh, you know, he runs up the middle, doesn't get a gain. I don't mean those plays. That's going to happen. I, I mean, you know, running a shotgun draw while while you while you're you know on a second and eleven, like 
and, and it's not an imaginative draw, you know, an imaginative draw. It's just hike, handoff. Like, it's high school shit. Running I mean, routes so there's no separation between two receivers in the same area of the field, so there's four defenders around them. Doesn't matter how many seconds we have, they're they're in the same spot because you're running a basic ass slant route. Sure, you could be like our offense coordinator that gets in the goal line situation and just refuses to run the football, even though you know our running back's probably our best player right now. Oh, yeah. I feel bad for you. Fuck you and your well coached and well ran team. Yeah. Okay. What's your record? Uh, What's your record? Five and four. At least you're five, over 500. It's been a long time since us Giants fans even sniffed 500. Uh, I remember those days. Those good old days. You're yeah, thankful for those days. We should talk about what we're thankful for since it's Thanksgiving. I won and thankful for Mike Tomlin. I know a lot of people hate him, but and he does drive me crazy sometimes. Like I said, he makes a lot of decisions during games where I'm like, Mike Tomlin, what are you doing, buddy? But at the end of the day, he's a really damn he's a damn good coach. I think he's an even better man. And we're lucky to have him. I'm just thinking football wise. I'm just gonna talk football thankful. Cause obviously we're, we're thankful for our family and our loved ones oh, yeah. and our health and our health and all the stuff you're supposed to be thankful for. We're thankful for everybody that takes the time out, all negative two of you to listen yeah, to this pod. We love you guys. I'm also thankful for Antonio Brown. Love that dude. What what does that even mean? What does that even mean? I miss him, man. We our, what do you our, mean our, you miss? our receivers suck. <laughs> I miss oh, Antonio. Oh my god! Oh my! Our receivers don't. Our receivers don't suck, but like we just don't have. We just don't have dudes, man. We need dudes. So let's have some fun. Thanksgiving is what me and you would do tomorrow if we were enjoying turkey. We'd bullshit, and this is kind of bullshit network. So, what what would you say about the Giants trading Galladay? To the Steelers, what do you do? You think there's an actual possibility of, of some type of trade there? Because you need a you need a receiver. We got a receiver off- that's getting paid a lot in the offseason. I think we're just going to sign one. You th- you think they're just going to try to uh, strike gold at a premium? Yeah, I think we're going to sign like a Mike Williams or somebody. Because if Mike Williams doesn't get brought back by the Chargers, I think we'll just sign him. We're going to have. I mean, if Ben retires, Juju's going to be gone. Joe Hayden's going. We're actually going to have a lot of cap space this year. Um, that's all. Yo, Kenny Galladay is good, man. Like, like that's one of that's one of my problems with Garrett's offense is that people are like, oh, you signed him and, and he sucks. He doesn't suck. And I, and I wasn't like, oh yeah, you know, waving the pom poms on that signing. But you get him the ball, you just target him, and he he's trying to make plays. If he could be a superstar in Detroit, there's no excuse he couldn't be a superstar in East Rutherford. And that's why the offensive coordinator got fired. Granted, everyone's like, what about Joe Judge? Clean house. Clean house. That's what I need because, like, once again, no more band-aids. We need to fix this fucking problem. Gettleman, what do you think? I think if, if he has to lay his hat on something, he's done a decent job with the secondary. Like, I'd say it's decent. It, it Like, the secondary was all-time terrible. It's I mean, terrible. even the defense in general, like, Leonard Williams has been really well, has played really well for you guys. Overpaid, though. I mean, come on! You were mad that they traded for him, and at the time they weren't going to resign him. You can't get mad that they resigned. No, no, him. not mad they resigned him. I'm saying they overpaid, which happens with signings. The trade is terrible. I hated that trade. I bitched about that trade. We don't got to revisit. I know. It. 
the but I, what I'm saying is, if you look at Gettleman's signings, Big Cat, Lenny, Lenny Williams, Adoree Jackson, Kenny Galladay, that's so much of the Giants' cap, and most of them not household names in the NFL, which is saying something because we're talking about the New York Football Giants. It's like the Steelers signing somebody to all this money and no one knows who they are. It's it, so, so, so head's got a role figuratively, of course. And the first one out the door with the first sacrificial lamb is Jason Garrett. Good. Maybe we'll see an improvement this week. I am not going to hold my breath on that because the same people that built the team are still there. Joe judge has done a great job at passing the blame the last two years, hasn't he? Cause didn't they fire the O-line coach? last year and now they're firing jason garrett so but the o-line and the offense has been the problem the o-line has been better than years it's still not good but it's it's been better you know what i mean so like like to give some credit it has been better and to say that they're they're not the only problem you've you've watched the giants there's some drives where they look like they got their shit together it doesn't make any sense because you'll, you'll watch them just move down the field then they'll get stopped at the 35. But that's football. That's football. And it depends on who you play. It depends on the defense. Some some defenses are bend, don't break. I mean, a broke clock. Also, a broke clock's going to be right twice a day type of thing. It happens. And, again, you do have – like I like I tell my dad, because my dad freaks out. I said, Dad, they get paid too. They're mil- These are professional football players that get paid millions of dollars to play football. Even on a bad team, you're supposed to have at least decent players, which means – they're going to make plays at some point. You're not going to shut out a team. Like my, my, like my, like, you know, my dad goes crazy. He's like, oh, he he believes that we should score every drive, and we should, and, and they and the other teams should be going three and out. Like, bro, oh, we're not a good defense. Look at them. They just got a six yard run, bro. Oh. Okay, and my, I, I don't, I, I don't remember if my dad's older than yours, but to your point, I mean, I've spent most of my life watching Giants games with my dad. Like, just if I think about Sundays, there's a big break in my teens and my 20s. But growing up and now when I'm just go home on Sundays to do laundry and watch the games with them, I watch a lot of football with my father. And that's one thing I'm thankful for. So we're still on on the same conversation. But my father has been stuck in the 80s football wise my whole life. He thinks the Giants are that late 80s incarnation of, of that defense and that the second strings should be able to shut out the champions. And, and that's how football works is 1980s mentality. Every week, every single week. It has just been the last year. Think about this, time-wise. Last year, Tom Brady's on the Bucks and wins. That was the first time my – that's when my dad stopped hating on Tom Brady. was last year. All the other Super Bowls, nah. But last year, he was just kind of like, eh, yeah. They, oh, yeah, this is random. So this is from last week. They flashed something. All of a – if you combine Warren Moon and Joe Montana's touchdowns, they don't equal Tom Brady. Right? Like, just take a moment to hear what I said. Warren Moon and Joe Montana, which, like, to my dad seeing that visual, I was like, yeah, talk shit. Like, what is it? What was it's all? It's all the wide receivers, Dad. Twenty years of wide receivers. He's forty-four. Sorry, 
you see this like an every week thing for almost 20 years now. <laughs> like, First of all, Tom Brady, that's, the, that's why people think he's the GOAT because he's never even had like great wide receivers. He, like we think Randy Moss and then it's like, okay, yeah, Gronk, obviously, but like Deion, we forget Deion Branch was like his best receiver. And yeah. and for many, uh, for a couple of seasons, just say many, but for a couple of seasons, Brandon Lloyd. Yeah, like. From the St. Louis Rams, who was at the time getting wasted on the Rams. They weren't a good team. And he was one of those smaller, I don't want to say utility, but like kind of uh, wide receivers. He was very traditional utility, though. Not like how it means now. Wes Welker, Julian Edelman. Like, no well, yeah, but, they, that, but that, that was like, but you saw the growth of Bill Belichick in those receivers because Brandon Lloyd was more traditional. Like he wouldn't be, a, we wouldn't call him a utility in 2021. You know what I mean? That's how much the game has grown in just the last 10, 15 years is because a utility player like on the Giants, Kadarius Tony, who's going to uh, run slot then and run and be run, run plays. And then maybe he'll throw a pass in a wildcat formation. Who knows? That's a utility. Brandon yeah. Lloyd was uh, a vanilla Wes Welker <laughs> in, a, in, in a lot of ways. Like he was a lot less, he was like Wes Welker light before Wes Welker, but yeah. And that's this is Thanksgiving for me, guys. If you're wondering why we got from Thanksgiving to Tom Brady, it's because our fathers are insane. Oh, does your father think that like you're supposed to cheer for your division rivals in, in the playoffs? No. My dad, born '53, this has been lingering since the league merger in his head, and I heard it on uh, ESPN New York. So Lagreca's dad was like this too from the K Show that. Okay, the Giants lose and the Eagles are in, in the playoffs. You root for the Eagles because it's a better look for the NFC and your division if they win. Absolutely not. Oh, I'm with you. You know I have no love for that. Absolutely. I make not. fun of my father for being a, a uh, closet Eagles fan because he watches so many Eagles games, especially because of his heart thing, so he can't watch the Giants. I'm laughing. Sorry, making light of a bad thing, but it's been 10 years. So you can't watch the Giants all the time because of his heart, and it'll like shock him if he gets too animated. Sorry. <laughs> so we started watching the Eagles. No, I mean honestly, the reason why I'm laughing because my dad's the same way with the Steelers. Like, I I feel like he's had like 20 heart attacks. We just haven't. We no, just haven't. you don't get it. I'm sorry. I, I love I love my dad, but it's been like a decade of this for me. So like he got the heart thing like back when Vic became the Eagles quarterback. So, like, it was like, I can watch the Eagles games, and they're more fun to watch. So that's kind of where this started. But my dad has a defibrillator thing in. So if he gets too wild up and, and you know, pissed off about the Giants, I've actually seen him get shot. And the most fucked up part is he gets, he'll, he'll get, he's mad, gets shocked, gets madder, sees me laughing, gets madder at that, but then he laughs and gets shocked again or something because it's like so many different things. <laughs> Because he's like laughing because it's like, oh, mother. Ah, <laughs> sorry, you want to talk about sketch comedy? Like, <laughs> yo, uh, like he, no, they're all freaking. I told you, you probably thought it was just like hyperbole or you know, I mean, just like a, a turn of phrase. My dad, a couple weeks ago, the Giants were, I forget who they were playing. It was one of the games where you know, we knew we were losing in the first couple minutes. Giants have the ball, and there's like a turnover, a, a pick or something, like immediately. If I think it was a Giants Cowboys game. My dad just goes, and I'm done. I'm gonna go watch a movie. <laughs> just gets up and he's like, fuck this. <laughs> like, I don't need this. I don't need this. 
My dad didn't even – my dad was away on vacation. He didn't even watch the Steelers game Sunday night. He was like, no, I'm, not, I'm just not going to do it to myself. That's not – that was smart. That was smart. Because when he watched, I'm like, bro, why do you even watch the game? Like, you're so negative. Like, just watch the game. Like, I don't understand. Like, Yeah, my dad has a literal – he doesn't want to get shocked because he's getting too emotional about it. Like, like it's, it's like, it's like, dad, like – are you are you sure you're a fan? Because it's almost like you're ruining against your team. Like lose, you deserve to lose. Ah, your dad's secretly a Bengals fan. It's like I know I know they're gonna throw a pick here. I know they are. I'm like dad, like dude, can you just let the game play itself out? Like just let just let it just let it happen. It's like you're firing now, fire this dude. I say it all the time. If I was ever a billionaire and I owned a team, my dad is not allowed anywhere near the, the 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 management office he gets a suite with all the wings he wants and all the all the drinks and air conditioning and, and air and conditioning that, but and, your dad's a man of luxury and the only air conditioning and and, and 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 i'll have a lazy boy in there so he doesn't have to sit in like a regular seat he'll have you know have but he is not allowed anywhere near because I'll go away on vacation, come back, and my quarterback's traded, my coach is fired, my GM is fired, my rookie. Because here's the thing. He expects you to be like an all-pro from the day you walk on the field. It's like that. He's a rookie. Can you – Can you? like just get – he hated Troy Palomalu. He hated Antonio Brown. He hated – there were so many people that he hated. I'm like, oh, no, my dad, my dad's weird. He don't hate, like, unless you're that bad. If like, like we see you every week on getting flags, then my dad's like, why are you still here? Like, I am. That's where I get it. And, and granted, granted, obviously by the time they like, you know, later on in the career, he's like, oh, I like, that. I was like, yeah, you, why don't you give him a chance? Like, they're like, they're, like, I understand Troy got beat on a deep ball. Like he takes chances. That's what he does. You got to live with that because he also, how many games has he won for us doing, you know, taking those chances? Yes, he's going to get beat like once, once, you know, once in a blue moon. Yes, I understand Antonio Brown's a little bit smaller than you would like as your number one receiver, but he's balling. Like I you don't, don't have Antonio Brown. It's never going to happen. He's not coming back. Don't say that. <laughs> There's zero incentive for him to leave. North Florida. Oh, he's not. No, he's in a great position. He should never leave. I'm actually. That's the only reason. If the Steelers is he the number one receiver? He's been hurt, which sucks. Oh, my so he's, so that's a no. Because my fans, so my fantasy team has been hurting bad since his injury. Should have drafted him, but anyway, I should have drafted him. He's balling. Oh, he is. He was. He was balling before he got hurt. Yeah. You're gonna. You're gonna pull another. See, 300 yards in three games. That's a great season. He's on pace for 10,000 yards. Top five wide receivers. Like, I mean, I don't know why had, you had a little bit of Kentucky in your accent there, but that's. I mean, if he had 300 yards in in three games, that is a pretty good. You know, that's pretty good. You're getting it's pretty hungry. good, but you're gonna act like it's legendary, and we should put him in Canton. So, is there I'm anything else you're thankful for besides Mike Tomlin? That should be the thing you're most thankful for. So you hit the nail on the head. I, I said that. I said. I know, that. I said but is there any other? I'm thankful for Cam being back. Fuck Sam Darnold. Cam freaking. I feel dude. like us missing that week where you really wanted to rant about Sam Darnold has fucked up your psyche because you don't remember exactly what you wanted to say. Like how oh, you wanted. Oh, to say. Oh, oh, I remember. I remember. But it's, it's a new point now because I got Cam back. <laughs> Superman. Superman is back. 
Sam Donald. Other than the Jason Garrett firing, football-wise, I am not that thankful for too much. I'm thankful I don't have to watch my Giants tomorrow. You could actually enjoy. I'm actually glad the Steelers aren't playing tomorrow either. Let me just enjoy the day. And I get to cheer for the Raiders against the Cowboys. That's actually like one of my favorite setups. That's like the Ravens playing the Cowboys. That's probably the only game I'm actually excited for. Like the other two games, eh. The Saints suck, so that's not even going to be a good game against the Bills. And the Lions and Bears, oh, my God. I'm going to watch it for fantasy reasons because I have some Let's players. go Lions, man. I'm a Lions fan every Thanksgiving, yo. Yeah, I was hoping they beat the Browns. Unfortunately, they didn't. I feel bad for Baker, but we'll talk about that next week. I'm sure you still feel bad for Baker next week. Yeah, fuck Cleveland. Like, fuck, just fuck Cleveland. That's a team that do not deserve Thanksgiving games. Don't do it, NFL. All right. Don't is, there, is there anything else you'd like to say before we sign off here? Nah, Superman, AB, love you. That's it. Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown. Tony Terrible Tile. He's still for life, man. Still for life. Nah. He's a stealer for life. The Buccaneer, actually. That's where he got his ring. That's cool. He's a stealer for life. Okay. So. I don't know. Barely me and you want to keep talking still. So no, no, no. That's no. it. You can find me at never for Brett me underscore number four B R E T T underscore M E on Instagram and Twitter. Should should I start a new Madden franchise with the Lions and turn them into a contender, or should I relocate the Jags to like St. Oh, Louis or something? You do both. Do both of them. Yes, you do both. <laughs> all right. You can find me at not the Chuck D on all the socials. We at the underscore dope blog on Instagram at the dope blog, all one word on Twitter at www.thedope.blog. Bring back the Chicago Tigers. That's what you should do. The Cater Stallies. Hashtag justice for the, justice for the Chicago Tigers. Are you okay? <laughs> that's so, that's the funniest story I've ever heard in my life. Like, yeah, we lost one game. So now we're out of the league. Like, can you imagine if like they missed on like it's a the Decatur Stallies, man? You yeah, for them. But all yeah. right, bro. Oh, if you're on YouTube, like, share, subscribe. Sorry about that. Uh, like, share, subscribe. We love you, all five of you, and like one of those is me. So like, please watch. <laughs> <laughs> love all you. We're, we're thankful for everybody. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Enjoy. Be safe. Don't eat too much. Don't eat and drive. Because watch, watch all these damn Marvel shits, and and so you can uh, listen to our spoiler discussions. Finally, because I know so many people that haven't had a chance to see Venom two or Shang Chi or Eternals. So go watch those, man. Because honestly, they're worth the watch. Not Venom two. That's more just what well, you can watch the post credit scene. Spoiler, not really. I'm, I'm saving you. Um. Anyway, peace. Happy holidays, everybody. <laughs> I'm ill, I'm ill, sicker than your average. I'm ill, I'm ill, sicker than your average. Motherfucker, I'm ill, motherfucker, I'm ill, sicker than your average. Motherfucker, I'm ill, motherfucker, I'm ill, sicker than your average.